Hey, thank you for joining me for Central Moments again today. As Jesus was on his last trip to Jerusalem, Luke tells us in Luke 12, verse 13, that someone in the crowd asked Jesus, uh, makes a request of Jesus, actually. Uh, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So two brothers are fighting over their parents' inheritance. Jesus replied, which you would understand, Man, who appointed me a judge and arbiter between you? That's your business. That's not my business. But Jesus makes a teaching moment out of it, and he kind of uncovers a motivation that was not good behind this request. And you think this is a legitimate request. If one brother's getting cheated out of his share of the inheritance, you, you know, you'd think, you know, the appeal to Jesus, Lord, at least I want to get what's, what, what's equal, at least equality. Let's get equity here. But Jesus kind of reads his mail motivationally and, and he says to him after saying, first of all, that's not my business. Secondly, he says in verse 15, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed for life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Life does not consist in what you possess. And I believe in the abundance of God. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6 that God gives us every good thing to enjoy. But the problem is that even God's blessings and his abundance uh, can derail us. And pretty soon we start, we start defining life's meaning in terms of what we possess. And Jesus says clearly, he gets right to probably what was an underlying issue in this man's life. It wasn't just equity with an inheritance. It was the redefining of life and its meaning around what we possess. And Jesus said, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. That's not what life's about. That's hard in a consumer culture that can easy, easily threaten our spiritual vitality and redefine life's meaning. And so in verse 16, he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And so this man thought to himself, what shall I do? What shall I do? I, I will have no place to store my crops. God's blessed me with abundance. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. So he starts to hoard in order to provide security for his future. But, but even worse, and the problem with that is, is the next verse. I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. So take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. That somehow my possessions give me a false security for the future, so I start wasting the present in self-preoccupied, self-centered living. And this is part of the problem with possessions. Not only do they redefine life, but they cause us to become selfishly preoccupied with them and our living becomes self-focused rather than God-centered. But God said to him, Jesus continues this parable, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Your possessions lulled you into living by this myth that life's for me and I'm the center of my universe. And he said, who will then get what has been prepared for yourself when you die? It's that old cliche, you can't take it with you. What are you going to do then? 
And so here's the moral, here's the point. Usually parables had one point to them. And the parable kind of usually gave a punch to this point. And here it is. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. That's why Jesus would say, a life does not consist in the abundance of what we possess. Life doesn't consist in the abundance of our possessions. Life, by God's design, is living a life that's pleasing to God, that's not self-fixated, that serves Him and serves others. And being rich towards God. And you may be rich with material possessions. There's nothing wrong with that. It just makes it harder to be rich towards God. I've found over and over, the more money, you know, when you don't have much money, you say, well, I'll give to God when I have more. But the opposite usually happens. The more you have, the clutchier we tend to be. That's just our unredeemed heart. But the Spirit of God that changes us, that crucifies us to the old way of living and the old affections, does not allow us to let possessions dictate how we live but rather we live rich towards God. This is only the transformation of the gospel can bring this kind of change in our hearts. So let me pray with you. Father, we pray if we're living, if we're living for ourselves and accumulating for ourselves in this life, those things that are temporary, would you forgive us? My God, if it has become the main motive of our life, if, 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 if what gives us meaning and security is mainly what we own, we pray you'll forgive us for, for putting so much stock into things that won't last at the day we die. But my God, we pray that you'll help us to be rich towards you. We pray you'll help us to give our money to reach the people with the gospel. We pray you'll help us to give our money to, serve, to feed the poor. We pray you'll help us to give our time, Lord. Maybe even that our possessions give us more time and more privilege to to be able to serve you and to serve those around us. We just ask, Lord, that you will keep us from letting our possessions define what real life is about and help us instead to be rich towards you. Make our hearts rich towards you, O God. And we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) 